That's why she always outsmarted the killer in the big chase scene at the end. Only virgins can do that. Don't you know the rules? What rules? You don't know the rules? Have an aneurysm, why don't you? There are certain rules that one must abide by in order to successfully survive a horror movie. For instance, number one, you can never have sex. Big no no! Big no! Sex equals sex, okay? Number two, you can never drink or do drugs. No, the sin factor. It's the sin, it's an extension of number one. And number three, never, ever, ever, under any circumstances, say, I'll be right back. Because you won't be back. You get another beer, you want one? Yeah, sure. I'll be right back. <laughs> see, you push the laws and you end up dead. Okay, I'll see you in the kitchen with a knife. Welcome to Sweet Play Podcast. This is your host with the most, Mike McMasunas. How's everybody doing today? I'm doing great, and welcome to Scream. And with me today, I have America's slut on the phone. What's hey! <laughs> Dirtbag. How's it going, Jameson? What's up, man? Good, man. How you doing? Good to hear from you, sir. It is always good to be heard on STL. And we're not doing Indiana Jones, sir. Not yet. Heck no. We're going to save that crap because this is Oktoberfest, sir. That's right. The best month of the year. It's a good time. Can't wait. We're talking some Scream. I'm glad you decided you wanted to come out. Well, I just said I'm going to be doing Scream. And you're like, hey, I got Tuesday free if that means anything. And I'm like, well, I'm doing Scream. Why don't you come along? And you're like, I could talk some Scream. So it's all yeah, good. It, it really wouldn't have mattered pretty much what movie it was. I was ready to podcast. Hey, man. I mean, I just heard you the other day on Flicks. It's not like you're not like it's not like you're not recording. Come on, it's never enough. When you <laughs> when you're a junkie like me, it's never enough. It's a drug, right? That's right. And uh, we'll be podcasting again in like two weeks. We'll be doing CCP, sir. Yeah, I can't wait for some CCP. You know, it seems like we go forever between those. I know it's not, but just it seems like it. So I'm excited to do that one. It's true, man. The gone too soon list, man. You got your top ten, sir. Mine is set and locked in. What about Jason? Uh, he says it's it's set. We'll see. I know his list changed though. I, I'm, yeah, I'm I'm excited to hear both your lists. I know, man. I think it's gonna be a fun list. Sir. It'll definitely be cool to get your guys' perspective, man. It's gonna be a good time. So, Indeed. so that will be recording in two weeks, folks. So get your emails in. And what's the email address, sir? Uh, that one is ccpodcast one. That's the number one at gmail.com. Not like, you know, changing up the game. We got to do it before instead of <laughs> after. So it's a good time. So, sir, before we roll into uh, the review of Scream, you want to roll into some quick movie music news? I would love to. All right, let's do it.
All right, sir. So I literally just podcasted like not very long ago. I mean, I just did three new episodes on the feed, sir. Did you see that crap? Uh, yeah, that was ridiculous. Did you listen to any of them, sir? Heck no. What's wrong with you? <laughs> and you know, I'm very proud of those reviews, sir, because oh, they were just they were so good, man. I, I was. No, I do want to listen to the Blade one. That's the first one up when I when I get a chance. Well, that's the correct order, sir. Is Blade, then Halloween, and then Silver Bullet. So mm-hmm. I want to hear your thoughts, sir. On uh, you know, people kind of got blown away what I had to say about Blade Three. So it's kind of yeah. cool, sir. It's good times. But Wait. in movie news, I got nothing because. Dude, we just got together. I haven't had time to prepare. So, <laughs> what do you got, sir? You got anything out there? No. <laughs> I don't come prepared to this thing. You're supposed to do it all. Dude, we're in trade wrecks, sir. All right. Well, how about. I'm just here to give my expert opinions on things. All right. How about this? Um, all right. So, on the last, I think it was the. On the Blade review, I talked about how I'm feeling bad because I haven't been catching up on movies. And I finally did. I finally saw Olympus Has Fallen. And I was like, you know, I gave my review on it. And I talked about how I went back and listened to you. And you and Brian tore the hell up out of that movie, sir. You were vicious on that review, man. I don't know that we were vicious. Man, I don't know what was up with your butt that day, sir. But you were mean, sir. Come on. Olympus Has Fallen. Come on, man. You got to have a comeback here. Let's go. I'm trying to think which one is Olympus. <laughs> is that the one with Channing Tatum or is that no, the, the no, one with Gerard Butler? That's the good one with Gerard Butler. It's Die Hard in the White House. It is much better than uh, White House Down. Yeah. It is true. It but, is true. but I loved it, though, man. I, you know, I'm behind the times, but I ended up watching Olympus Has Fallen that day. Uh, I ended up rewatching Iron Man 3. You know, at first, uh, I kind of had some issues with it. And, you know, I watched it the second time, and... I still have some issues, but I'm kind of dealing with them a little bit better. So it'll be interesting to see if it's in my top 10 and if it is where it fits. But it definitely now when I went back and watched it and kind of knew what to expect, it wasn't as bad the second time around. So. All right. As long as we're doing old movie reviews. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, yeah. Okay. Olympus has fallen. Yeah, you're right. Uh, in, re- in hindsight, um, I actually like it better than I did at the time because I have the uh, ability to have seen uh, White House Down after that, which made it much better. <laughs> it's still ridiculous. Um, and uh, Iron Man 3, yeah, I kind of stick with what I said originally, was that I, I was um, slightly disappointed with it. It's, I think it's a full star down from the first one, but it's still better than Iron Man 2. Right, right. Uh, and that's kind of where I'm at with it. I haven't seen it a couple times, you know. Yeah, I've only seen it twice, though. Once in the theater, and then once in, uh, you know, uh, you know, the one that I got yep. uh, when I rented it and stuff. And uh, what about, oh my god, dude, I'm I'm drawing a blank, because all of a sudden I'm thinking Justin Timberlake for some okay. stupid reason. I don't know why that just popped in my head. Yeah, forgive me there, sir. Nothing wrong with that. I, I just, that I happens had, to me like 20 times a day. <laughs> I had his wife, yeah, I just thought about his wife the other day on Blade Trinity. It's all good. Uh-huh. But, uh uh, in regards to uh, movies to catch up on, did you hear about, uh, dude, I was so f- upset to hear that Fast and Furious isn't coming out till December 10th, dude. It yeah. irritates me because all these other movies that came out way after this movie are already going to be coming out on DVD and stuff. And it's like, what's the deal? Why does this movie have to take so long? Have you ever wondered at why certain movies... I have. It's funny how some movies will... Some movies will still be in the theater and they're already out on DVD. Right, exactly. You know, and then other ones, it's like, dude, what? This this movie came out in the spring. 
why is it not out yet? <laughs> right. Yeah, I've never understood. I mean, obviously, you know, they want to get the big Christmas buying push for it, I'm sure. Um, yeah, it is frustrating, though, when you see movies that came out long after that out on DVD already. It's true. Now, I have uh, currently, I got This Is The End. I'm going to check that out because I know, Boy. you know, you, me and you, we kind of see a little bit eye to eye in these kind of movies, you know. That Brian, movie is funny. And my boys, Backstreet Boys, are at the end. So it's all good. It's all good. Spoiler alert. Come on. (laughs) Good Lord. Oh, dude, come on. Who cares about that movie, man, with spoilers? Who cares? (laughs) They all die. So, spoiler alert. Just like Titanic. You know, it seems like. What? Yeah, didn't you know? I got to watch that movie still. It's true. Dude, I am skipping RIPD, man. I ain't watching that trash. Yeah, it doesn't look good. You're going to check it out, though, aren't you? (laughs) I'm sure I will. Because you're a sucker. Yeah. So, the heat's out. Sandra Bullock, and no. I got I got that one picked up, but I haven't watched it yet. And have you seen that one, sir? Are you gonna check it out? What's up? Uh, uh, no, I'm definitely gonna check it out. I wanted to see it when it was the theater. I just kept missing it. Okay, cool. So I have the call. Uh, I haven't yeah. checked it out yet. You didn't like that, did you? Nah. It was all right. Yeah, not quite all right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So so you're saying I should probably skip that one? Huh? Hey, you I you'll love it. Contrarian Masunas will love it. Hey, Contrarian, it'll be in your top ten this year. Contrarian Masunis doesn't love everything, sir, as evident of various couple of episodes recently. So, all right, it's all good in the hood, brother. So I am. I, I gotta know. listen to this because I have a feeling I have a very different opinion than you on some of these movies. On which one? On on Blade Trinity. I hated it, so See? it's gonna yeah. be good, man. So. All right. And if you legitimately like this movie, I think I'm going to disconnect now and I'll, I'll catch you on CCP. So. All right, man. We'll see you in a couple weeks then. <laughs> oh, this is terrible, sir. <laughs> but I guess you'll have to just write in your thoughts after you hear it. I will. Just like everybody else. I want my voice heard on STL. I will write in. You will write in. It's all good. So, um, I guess that's it, man. As far as movie news, man, I haven't heard anything you know new and exciting. Uh, outside no, just the uh, all everyone's talking about this week is gravity, 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 gravity. Yeah, okay, let's, everybody. Let's, Biggest let's, October opening ever. It's true, man. And from what I heard, um, like my local film critic, which he's pretty hard on films, but the the one line he said is that this movie is the reason why I go see a movie in the theater, and that's all he said. Now I don't want to I don't want to blow what I'm gonna, about to say uh, over at Movie Mojo Monthly Movie Mojo Monthly at Gmail dot com. <laughs> I don't want to I don't want to blow Same my review on plug. it. Right, but um, I was I was excited to see it, but I was also very skeptical about it going in. And uh, I'll just say I've seen it twice in the last three days. Seriously? Yeah. Wow. Now. Did you see it in IMAX, sir? Tell my, you know, tell the people how you did, sir. Yeah, first time I saw it, I went and uh, saw it in the IMAX 3D, and it just blew me away. And then I went and caught it again in just standard, whatever, just to just to see it again because it was one of those that was just in my head, you know. Right. Um, yeah, I, I've been highly recommending it to everyone that I've talked to about it. But I, but even having said that, um, it just it blows me away the numbers that it pulled. Because it really doesn't look from what they gave you on the on the outset and in the trailers and stuff, it just doesn't look like a movie that would have a monster opening like this, like you know, a, a historic opening like that. You know, it what, just really surprises me. You know what this movie reminds me of is it reminds me of Buried, where you have Ryan Reynolds who's in a box and a you're like movie. and you're like, okay, a whole movie 
based on one guy in a box and how can this be any good and then you're like gravity you're like two people out in space it feels like the same concept but when you watch buried you're just blown away of how excellent it is and that's the same vibe that i get with this gravity movie well and it's it's that's a good analogy but it's kind of different in the fact that buried was just a a well-written movie i thought how they made it work was really good uh gravity i don't it's not so much the the script as it is the visuals okay the visuals are just mind-blowing and build a sense i'm giving you the whole review uh (laughs) they just they build a sense of just tension and isolation just off the visuals alone um and everything else that comes with it but when you realize you know how trapped she is and you know the comparison that has come out is with open water right that's kind of an easy comparison right and the difference is with open water man you don't have to worry about running out of oxygen when you're floating around in the ocean you know right when you're out in space it could be a boat that comes by and randomly finds you or you're not going to just drift towards land eventually you know right you're out there alone and and so, like I say, the visuals and, and the, uh, the the music and just all that builds the tension in this movie. Um, it, it just makes it just spectacular. So, you know, highly recommend. The way I see it is, is that 95% of your emails are the STL Nation. So they deserve an exclusive uh, first look at your next episode. Sir. <laughs> that was about it, too. Yeah, that's the way it works. So there you go, folks. All right, sir. So in music, we got to talk about your review of 2020 experience 2 and how it's not any good. Let's talk, sir. Of who? What? Justin Timberlake, 2020 experience 2. Oh, the, two. The, uh, the second one. Yes. Let's talk be, about this, sir. I'll be honest. I've only barely listened to it. It's that good, huh? I don't I barely had barely had a, a listen to it. Okay, so... I, I, what I've heard, I'm not impressed with, though. Okay. So, see, I was under the understanding that you went ahead and listened to the whole thing, and you were just like, man, this is terrible, blah, 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 blah. So you're no. essentially just going off of, like, you know, you, you listen to it a few songs, and you're just like, this is kind of garbage. Yeah, I'm just kind of, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I have to get more time to listen to it, to be honest. Um, I haven't had a whole lot of, quote-unquote, headphone time <laughs> in the last couple of weeks. Um but yeah, I'm just kind of it's I'm kind of let down by it. It seems like if you it's you know if you have this many songs that you're gonna put out two albums in the space of you know this short a time. Yeah. It seems like quantity over quality to me. Whereas the first one, I, I it grew on me. You know, at first I was kind of like, nah, I don't know, and that one grew on me. Maybe this one will too. You know, who knows? But it's you know it's rare to come out with you know a, a use your illusion one and two. And have just, you know, great music on it. Right. Well, um, did you listen to the last Underground Hour I did, sir? Uh, did it come out this weekend? <laughs> no. It was, like, it was like two weeks ago. It ended up having uh, Gone, 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 Philip Phillips, number three, as a slow jam of the episode. Do you remember that one? And then it... Uh, is, that, is any of that ringing a bell, sir? Uh, I, I do. I'm looking at my iTunes and the shows I listen to. It I, It must have been on in the background while I was doing something. All right, cool. Well, shows that I listen to it, but I don't remember it. Well, uh, Sorry. No, it's cool, man. iTunes session went ahead. Philip Phillips recorded an iTunes session of, uh, you know, which I like iTunes sessions. They're usually acoustic, stripped-down yeah. versions. and yeah, They're usually pretty good. Yeah, and, you know, 
considering I said that Philip Phillips is the one guy that I've absolutely I hated him on American Idol, and then when he comes out with all these singles, I've been loving them dramatically. <laughs> and and Gone 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 was in the last two episodes. Uh, the iTunes you know session of this tune just came out this week, and it's fantastic, dude. Is it? Yeah, it's good times, man. It's like all of his classic hits. Uh, on the iTunes sessions, check it out, man. It's pretty stripped down. It's good stuff. And I was uh, also checking out Alter Bridge. Got a new album out, dude. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I haven't checked it out, though, man. Is that the whole original lineup? Oh, uh, I know the name of the album is Fortress, mm-hmm. but I don't know about the lineup, man. The cover looks really sick, though, man. I hmm. really dig it. But, yeah, I, I didn't actually know that. See, I just thought it was the Creed guys and then the, the main guy which is the blonde yeah you know i thought that was lamb i didn't know that it changed or anything yeah i was just wondering yeah because that, that was it was creed you know creed minus scott stab right exactly yeah. okay so yeah man the only other thing is have you heard the lady gaga song i talked about this uh last episode that applause song it's on the radio like crazy yeah okay here's what i was saying is that it, it has a really cool melody but, like, when you hit the chorus, they drown out her vocals so bad. I have no idea what is she, what she's even saying, dude. Yeah, it's overproduced. That's the word I'm looking for. She's got a good voice. Surprisingly, you know, I kind of wrote her off when she first came out, you know, when Poker Face and all that was out. I kind of wrote her off, like, whatever. But, you know, started to hear some and, and started to hear some of her things on, on different places that she would go on Saturday Night Live or what have you where she would do like stripped down versions of her songs and really uh you know accentuate her voice and I'm like wow she's actually got a really great voice i know right and it seems like she's following the trend unfortunately of you know the rihannas and all these who don't have the pipes to hold up on their own and she's over mixing and over producing and it drowns it out it's like man just go with what you have you've got it you've got talent unlike a lot of these hacks it's true. you know who have to auto-tune everything and what have you um yeah i agree with you okay she, she writes you know i don't know how much of it she writes but she writes catchy songs too yeah and and the newest lineup for this week in regards to newest tunes man i'm just like ugh, i'm just not digging it man i pretty much gave a whole hate list about three days ago and nothing's really changed outside of the new pearl jam tracks on there justin bieber is now number one so i'm skipping this week's chart review because they all suck and we will (laughs) we will reserve uh next week when we do child's play and uh and talk about uh the upcoming chart and hopefully it's changed dramatically that's all i gotta say so i love it it's terrible all right sir i think that's it for movie music news why don't we roll into some screams sir all right let's do it hello hello who is this Tell me your name, I'll tell you mine. <laughs> I don't think so. What's that noise? Popcorn. You making popcorn? Well, I'm getting ready to watch a video. Really? What? Oh, just some scary movie. You like scary movies? Uh-huh. You never told me your name. Why do you want to know my name? I want to know who I'm looking at. Someone is playing a deadly game. It all began with a scream over 911. Someone who's seen one too many scary movies. Now he's taken his love of fear. Hello? Hello, Sydney. One step too far. Do you 
like scary movies. What's the point? They're all the same. Some stupid killer stalking some big-breasted girl who can't act who's always running up the stairs and she should be going out the front door. It's insulting. There are certain rules that one must abide by in order to successfully survive a scary movie. Number one, you can never have sex. under any circumstances say i'll be right back because you won't be back get another beer you want one yeah sure i'll be right back he didn't make the rules the police are always on track but they watch prom night and save time he just kills by them don't answer the phone don't open the door don't try to hide They'd watch prom night, they'd save time. There's a formula to it. A very simple formula. Everybody's a suspect. All right, sir. Scream. This movie is the movie that reinvigorated the horror franchise because it went down the toilet, man. It was trash. And then Scream came out and blew the doors back open again. We had Halloween that set the trend, was the king, stayed the king for quite a long time. We got tons of slashers and... It just started getting watered down, watered down, watered down. And finally, Whore died, and boom, we got Scream yeah. many, many years later. So what's your history, sir, with Scream? Um, I watched it for the first time last night. Yeah, right. Get out of here. <laughs> no, yeah. That's that's the thing with Scream is because, you know, in the early 90s, early to mid-90s, you know, horror movies and, and particularly slasher movies had kind of sequeled themselves right out of existence. You know, they kind of become a joke. Exactly. You know, it's like, oh, it's another, oh, another slash, you know, great. Yeah. You know, just beating a dead horse with the same premise, you know, and that's what made this movie so cool is because a, it was full of young hip Hollywood, you know, and, and it, and it made a, a, a twist on it. You know, it was both a parody of the, it was kind of like grunge music, you know, kind of kicking the kicking hair metal out. It was like, yeah, it parodied the the slasher flicks that everyone had grown, grown tired of, but it also kind of rebooted them in the same course. Right. Um, and it, it was fun. It was exciting, you know, and then it led to, of course, you know, your I Know What You Did Last Summers and a whole nother slew of young Hollywood slasher movies, which, you know, was was fun times. Right. And uh, yeah, th- this movie's it's great, man. And I have a, I have a, an odd history with this this franchise. And uh, it was fun getting to rewatch this again. Yeah. You know, I'm going to briefly touch on uh, two, three, four, because I'm not going to talk. I'm not going to do any of those movies. I'm just doing this one. You know, for me, uh, Halloween will always be my favorite horror movie of all time. And it's considered, you know, the king of slashers, yet there's not really any slashing in that movie. But, you know, uh, to most of my friends, it's Halloween one and then Scream 1B. You know, it's like mm-hmm. these two are the greatest and this is it. I mean, you don't get any better than Halloween and Scream. And I can't really argue too much with that. I mean, there's a lot of good horror movies out there, but for like the king of its time, Halloween is the 70s and Scream is the 90s. And now we have torture porn and nothing's left to the imagination. And now horror just completely sucks. And now I go back to the 80s and watch actual good movies. <laughs> so it's kind of it's kind of where we're at today, sir. 
uh man west craven dude uh obviously directed this and you know we're gonna get into this man uh the beginning of the movie starts off you know, what a great opening yeah this one op- of the best openings i'm gonna say this this is the greatest in my opinion i think this is the greatest opening to a horror movie i've ever seen man the best i mean because it's so unexpected it is the you movie know, and that's the that was the whole point behind it was like well if we have drew barrymore no one's gonna expect this. She's on the front cover, you know. She is, you know, the main. She's billed as top cast. She's the biggest name in the cast at the time. Exactly, and you know, originally they were gonna title this "Scary Movie," so good thing yeah. Wes Craven at the end decided to change it to "Scream." But you know, the movie just starts off. You get the title, you got the little phone call, you got the scream going on, and she says hello. And that voice, man, his voice is so. This is like. This is like Kit to me, man. This voice is so <laughs> iconic. And I love the fact that the guy who does the voice never met any of the cast. So that way yeah. they could keep it mysterious and keep it creepy on the set the whole time, you know? So what do you think of this guy's voice, man? Our killer's voice. Yeah, it's great. I mean, it's it's perfect for, for this, you know? And it opens up and I remember thinking, you know, first we saw in the theater, thinking, okay, you know, this is going to be another of the same movie I've seen before. You know, the calls coming from inside the house, all that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And, yeah, the voice is great. And just that whole opening scene of of the cat and mouse between between he and, and Drew Barrymore, it's just so cool. It's great, you know? She she plays it perfect. She does. What I love, I, what I love is that Wes Craven directed this movie, but he's willing to take the punches. For example, you know, <laughs> what, what's your favorite movie, Halloween? She goes, you know, and how he says, I like Nightmare on Elm Street. And Drew Barrymore says, well, the, the first one was scary, but the rest suck. And he directed New Nightmare. So even he took a little punch and he was rolling with it, which was pretty cool. You know, it wasn't just uh, everybody else was kind of getting parried. Even Wes Craven himself was getting the punch to the gut, if you will. You know, it was pretty cool. I definitely dug that in the beginning. Well, and that's one of the things about this this whole movie. One of the things that I really dug about, it, I thought made it so so cool, was that it was very self-aware. Exactly. You know, it, it didn't try and, I mean, it was trying to do something new, but it was also very self-aware of what it was and, you know, the history of this genre. And uh, that that made it cool because it was young and hip and snarky, you know, and, and – that's one of the things that I really like about it is if you don't try to pretend you're not something you're not, you know? Exactly. Now, I have seen the uncut version of this, uh, you know, the one that essentially got them the X rating. Yeah. And uh, when, you know, when her boyfriend is tied up, they show his stomach being gutted and, and coming out and stuff, which, of course, they cut back and just did a faraway shot. Uh, have you ever seen the uncut version of this movie? No, I don't. But poor Steve. Yeah. And the other scene was, uh, you know, we'll get to it in a minute, but essentially when Drew Barrymore is hanging there, they do a very slow up to pace showing you her insides ripped out and stuff versus the super fast uh, camera work that they do. And then, boom, instantly goes into Campbell. So that's some of the things that happened in the X-rated version that they had to take out. And I'm glad they did because it was really very violent. But... It was just – it's kind of cool to be able to see that, but I was just wondering if you've ever had a chance to kind of see uh, the differences that were cut out between the R-rated and the you know unrated version. So. No, I haven't seen that. Now, one thing I like is the blue light that's on the TV during the whole beginning here. Uh, evidently, the reason for that is so that this movie's telling you anything can happen. That was the purpose of the blue light being on on the TV screen. Uh, mm. 
I Wes Craven mentioned this when I was uh, listening to commentary, and I never noticed that before. And then when he said it, I've now ne- I've always watched for it. Now it's practically in every scene in the beginning. She's by the TV, and they're always showing the you know the blue VC- VHS light, if you will. Yeah. So it's good stuff. Now, when I first saw this, the trick question I thought was brilliant. Name the killer in Friday the Thirteenth. Who doesn't scream out in the movie theater, Jason, Jason, you know? Nope. I'm sorry. That's the wrong answer. You know, I thought that was brilliant, dude. There is so much brilliant writing in this movie. It's ridiculous, sir. Well, that's the that's the cool thing, too, is that they reference real movies. In exactly. This. It's it's not like, you know, like it does later on. You know, it's not like, oh, who is the killer in Stab? You know, <laughs> oh, like, God. oh, Johnny, you know, like, no, it's referencing real movies that we all have a love for. If you're watching this, you know, exactly. You know, when she's being attacked and uh, and the parents come home and and he's cl- and he's crushed her throat every time she screams, mom, it still gives me the oh, willies, dude. Oh, 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 yeah. When she picks up the phone. Yeah. No, oh. when, when she sees her parents coming in oh. and, she's, and she's like, mom, it just the way she does it. Still gives me the willies to this day, dude. She's just it creeps me oh, out when her mom man. picks up the phone to call the cops and she hears her on the other line. Yeah, that happens right after that. Yeah, and that always creeps me out. Yeah, man, just that the way she does that is just mind blowing. Now, of course, this isn't the first time this has been done. You know, it was originally done in Psycho, killing mm-hmm. off uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's mom, which was uh, oh my god, dude, I'm drawing a blank here. Help me out here, Janet Lee. Janet Lee wasn't she was killed off in the beginning of Psycho, correct? Yeah, she was killed off in the first forty minutes. It was the first forty minutes. I think so. Yeah. Hmm. I'm gonna yeah. have to. I'm gonna have to rewatch it because I thought it was pretty fast, sir. No, because she it, she doesn't get to the hotel till fifteen twenty minutes into the movie. All right. Well, this that would you say that this is the the first movie to kill off your main actress in the first ten minutes? Yeah, that was the whole point, right? And that was yeah. that was Drew Barrymore's idea. I know, because she you know, was she, supposed to be Sydney, and then right. she got this. Yeah, that's right. She's like, no, it'll be more effective if I'm the one who's killed off early. No one will see it coming. And Wes Craven's like, that's brilliant, you know, which it, that totally set the standard for you because you have this huge, impactful beginning scene. It instantly cuts, and then you see Sydney on the computer, and then we get another screen with her, with Johnny Depp coming through the window, you know. <laughs> That's how he enters every scene in this too. Can we talk he always about just that? kind of appears suddenly and surprisingly like, uh, you know, through doorways, through windows. That's how he enters almost every scene. Dude, when when we go through this movie, I want to talk to you about who's Stu and who's Billy. Okay, we're mm-hmm. we're gonna have fun di- discussing who's who in each of these scenes. Stu, each of these scenes, dude. I can't wait. It's gonna be awesome. All right, so we first see Skeet come in, Billy. And looking exactly like Johnny Depp. It mm-hmm. is. What do they do? A casting call and said, those who look like Johnny Depp, please come. Yeah, they and, want a young, brooding, you know, good looking leading man. And I love how Sydney's room is pretty much set up exactly the way Nancy's was in Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is just fantastic. And I got to love the dialogue here because I really love the slow jam that's playing in the background as he's trying to seduce her and say you know i wouldn't dream of breaking your under your underwear rule you know and kind of talking about the movies and pg-13 and exorcist and all this and that but i kind of like the vibe they got going here man it's just that that song that plays is just like the perfect melody that the score is great all the, all the music that they put in this movie fits at the right time at the you know i love that stuff man it's good times i agree now 
let's talk about pretty much the rest of our crew gets introduced as soon as we go to the high school. We, yep. get, we get introduced to Rose McGowan, which is Tatum. So what do you think of Rose McGowan in this movie, sir? I dig her. She's good times, man. Yeah. She's, I always like Rose McGowan for some reason. I've always liked her. And because uh, this is my first movie i ever seen her in, I purposely watched Charmed because she was going – you know, I had seen Charmed before, but once she came into Charmed – Dude, mm-hmm. it made that show way better than it was before. So firing Shannon Doherty and bringing in Rose McGowan was the best thing to happen to that show. Dude. Can't go wrong. Yeah. So she's great. She's definitely, you know, she's beautiful. She's got to have the typical uh, big boobs for the horror movies, but she's very smart. She knows what the rules are, if you will. I like her. She's great. She's a great friend. She's not annoying. She's good times. Uh, then we get the principal, which is good old Fonzie. <laughs> oh man, I dig his performance, dude, in this movie. He's not in it much, but, yeah. but when he's on, he's great. And I love him when he's made a suspect later on. But what do you think of the fonts here, sir? Love Henry Winkler. He's great in everything. It's true. Can this guy not make a bad scene or movie or whatever? Dude? Yeah, I mean, he he takes bad movies and steals scenes and just yeah, he's, he's likable. It's true. Then we get Gail, good old Courtney Cox, yep. uh, who I've always thought ever since I saw her Masters of the Universe that she has a great scream. And she plays this character very, very well. Yeah. She's very terrible person that you eventually get to like. And she's great, man. Courtney Cox really kills it in this performance, man. She's yep. excellent. And then we meet a uh, good old sheriff, uh, which is the cop. Of, from Nightmare on Elm Street, the cop, the uh, deputy from uh, to Nancy's dad, the mm. guy, the guy that uh, remember when Nancy was, you know, yelling out the window, "Go get my dad, you a-hole!" Mm-hmm. And, and then he's like, "I better go get the sheriff," you know. That's him. Oh, that, okay. That's why Wes Craven brought him in to be the sheriff because he was a Nightmare on Elm Street. So I didn't know that until. Uh, I read that, and then I put it together. I'm like, that's right. He looks exactly the same, and I just never realized it. Now, what do you think of Dewey, sir? Uh, <laughs> Dewey's good. Uh, David Arquette plays him perfectly as the, you know, as the doofus, bumbling deputy who, you know, has a big heart and tries, but just isn't quite all there. It's true. Yeah. Now... When I got introduced to Matthew Lillard in this movie, never seen him before, uh, and now of course I, I've rewatched you know most of his, his history and stuff. This guy, man, steals this movie if you will, dude. Love this guy. He has good times. Tell me, you're not gonna tell me you don't like this guy, right? I mean, dude. you're gonna tell me you love him, right? Uh, <laughs> Come on, what's up? We had a discussion about Matthew Lillard over at Movie Mojo Monthly, moviemojomonthly at gmail.com. Would you um, stop doing that? With uh, <laughs> Tawana. He, she was she sent in a uh, uh, Star Wars thing about him. I can't stand Matthew Lillard. This is the only movie I love him in. I Here's the thing with this movie. All right. Uh, without killing my review on it, you know, I, I really enjoy this movie, but as I'm rewatching it, I'm reminded how I hate most of the cast in this movie. I mean, I can't stand Nev Campbell. There's something about her. Uh, it's true. Well, it's it's something that I can put my finger on is I don't like actresses who 
have weepy eyes who always look like they're about to or just finished crying. Kirsten Stewart. <laughs> and and Nev Campbell is a number one with that. She always looks like she's about to cry or just finished crying. And it, uh, so does um, uh, what's the chick from Bridget Jones Diary? Um, oh, that would be uh, dude. Oh, yeah, yeah. My gosh. Um, she's another one though. Oh my gosh. That that has that same look, and, and so I can't stand her. I never liked David Arquette. I can't stand Matthew Lillard. Um, <laughs> it's, I don't like Skeet Ulrich. It's like, oh man, how do I really like this movie so much? I can't stand these people. I want to see people die in this movie. Okay, so let me ask you this. That's totally fair that you don't like these people because I, in general, most of the movies that they're in outside of this one, I don't like either. But do they all work for you in this movie? Yeah, that's that's the thing is somehow they all work in this movie. Somehow I put that all aside, all my dislike for the actresses and actors of this movie, and it's it works for me. You know, I mean, I saw Matthew Lillard. The first thing I saw him in, I think, was Hackers. Yeah, and was like, um, you know, like, I don't know. There's something about his shtick that I don't like. Yeah. And so when I saw him in this, as soon as his face popped on the screen, I'm like, oh, boy, <laughs> this guy. Dude, and, I love it when you do that, man. It's a, <laughs> you did that on flicks. I was I was cracking up, man. It was great. So, so this Lillard cat, he won me over in this movie. And then I was like, Wing Commander, I think, was the next one I saw him in. Oh, that's a terrible movie. And they're like, all right, well, you know, maybe – Maybe I'll give it a shot. And like, oh, no, no. That movie sucks. Bad things. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. All right. I love now the first time I watched this, you know, spoiler alert, there's two killers. Um, That was the most brilliant thing of this movie was the fact that there was two killers because I had never seen a movie that had two killers. So when I went back and rewatched it and since I knew that both Stu and Billy were the killer, I caught various scenes where you would see Billy stare at Stu of like, shut up, or or, I just killed her. Or, you know, like, for example, the first one is like when uh, they're all sitting around and you meet Randy for the first time and they try to make him like be the suspect. And you just see Billy's like, nobody said you did. And then raises his eyelids like, shut up, you're giving too much information. I catch all that stuff going back and watching. I love looking out for that stuff. It's so cool. Yep. And... Uh, Randy is my boy, man. I mean, he is so annoying in this movie, and somehow I like this guy. I have no idea why. That's he, a, I totally forgot about Jamie Kennedy. There's another guy who's he, he works in this movie, though. Yeah, he's totally ridiculous. I mean, when he tried to be all serious and ghost whisperer with Jennifer Love Hewitt, uh-huh. I was like, oh, boy. Yeah, <laughs> boy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I don't know about this, but uh, yeah. You know, they make him a suspect, which everybody's a suspect at one point or another, but they make him a suspect early on, and that's it. Then it's like he's too much of a doofus to be a killer, you know. But that whole scene, first clue, is that the uh, nobody said you did, so good times. He's my favorite character in this movie, though. Yeah, he is. He's He really is. He's cool, and he's kind of the driving force of this movie and of, like, the hipness of it because he is the one who references all of the movies you know he's the movie geek so i always was drawn to him anyways you know it's true and you know and he's the one who lays down the rules and all that stuff so yeah somehow jamie kennedy is my favorite one in this yeah i like the fake out you know when we go to uh 
Sydney's going to go hang out at the house and they do fake uh, fake outs where she opens a closet and the music hits and nothing's there, you know, and they, yep. they build up suspense, which is really cool. And then, you know, she gets the first phone call and thinking it's Randy. And then, you know, she starts giving the rules about how horror movies are insulting. It's some big breasted girl going up the stairs when she should be going out the front door, you know, which they'll play with that scene a little bit later. But that kind of tells you that, okay, Sydney isn't stupid. I agree with you on Nev Campbell. I've never liked her. I can't say that she's phenomenal in this in this mo- in the series movies, however you want to call it. Mm-hmm. She's serviceable for me. Yeah, you know, yeah. Um, there's nobody in this movie that I dislike, but there's nobody that I'm like because of this movie, I'm going to go watch all your stuff except for Rose McGowan. I was like, she was so she made such an impression on me that. I was so excited when she got in Charmed and, and her acting abilities just got better and better. Week yeah, in I, I agree with you that I, I agree with you. She was the one who like I, I you know, I watched Jawbreaker after this. And, exactly. And other things that she was in because, yeah, I, I, I did like her a lot. Yeah. And then when Nev Campbell, I ended up watching Wild Things. I'm like, what the hell am I watching here? Bill Murray's <laughs> in this movie. I, it's like, what? <laughs> That's my guy. That. That's what you reference from Wild Things. Is Bill Murray's in it. I love it. Yeah, I because dude, he was the, when I went to go see Wild Things. Tangent here. I was like, okay, Nev Campbell, I'll give her a shot. And this crazy movie happens, Kevin Bacon and stuff, and all of a sudden Bill Murray shows up, and you're like, where did this come from? It's like, oh, hello, I, he wasn't even in the credits. I love that movie so much. You do? I do. It's oh, so man, ridiculous. Yeah. It's so crazy. I mean, outside of the obviousness of, of wild things, you know, and outside of seeing more of Kevin Bacon than I ever dreamed. <laughs> the movie's so crazy. I just love it. Yeah. I mean, that guy is not afraid to show anything on screen. That's for sure. So, but yeah, man, I tried, I gave Jawbreaker. I was like, okay, I like Jawbreaker. It's cool. Yeah. You know, but then it's I Heathers, went, you know, it's a Heather's. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, for me, Rose McGowan, that, that was it. Um, so I love Kenny, the, the camera guy. When mm-hmm. the first thing you hear him say is like, my name isn't Jesus, you know, cause you have, what's your face being so rude to this guy, the whole movie, man. What is up with that? Yeah, she just treats him like trash. Oh man. <laughs> I know you are, you know, and she start. Oh, I can't even talk about this scene. When I say move, I mean now. Yeah, it's pretty terrible what she says to him that we will yeah. repeat on the podcast. But Kenny's a good sport, though, man, because he gets his backhanded comments. If you really listen for it, yeah. he says some pretty amazing things to her character. Um, now, the look at Sydney is so good, which is uh, when, you know, she gets attacked for you know, the phone call happens. She gets attacked in the house and uh, he and Billy comes in and just has that look and the phone drops. Here's the thing. Did he want to get caught? Or, I mean, arrested? Because obviously it was Stu that was the one yeah. in the house and Billy was just outside to throw things off. But it just the phone falls. So I've always wondered this. Did Billy want to get locked up? What's the deal here? I think I mean, here's what I think is that he wants to get locked up. To prove he's innocent. Because he knows that they don't have anything. So you get locked up and then they have to let you go. Then you're no longer a suspect. Then you can do what you want. Because you've been, you know, you're you're out. You're like, I don't know. That's what I assumed. What I was talking about in regards to the evil look is when he's in the police station and he's like, I didn't do it, and he gives her that devil look uh, mm-hmm. in the chair, just staring at her. That look always 
creeped me out in the theater where I was like, whoa. I was like, I don't know, man. It's like, well, maybe he really is the killer somehow, you know? It's like they, they really play with it that Billy's really the killer. No, he's not the killer. Yes, he is the killer. No, he's not. They really play around with that throughout this movie, man. Well, he's obviously one of those guys who's the controlling boyfriend. Exactly. Now, uh, our boy Jason loves the song Dead Right Hand that they play throughout this movie. Yep. Uh, you a fan of this song, sir? Love it. Yeah, it's good times, man. They obviously play it throughout the series, but it's pretty cool when it when it kicks off, man, when you're in the town and stuff. And it's got a really weird vibe to it, but I really dig it, man. It's kind of, I don't know how to explain it. It's just an original type of song, you know what I mean? Yep. So, Cotton Weary storyline. Um, you know, it's kind of crazy. You know, we don't really see uh, what's-his-face until the next movie. Who's the guy that plays him? I'm told. Liev Schreiber. Liev Schreiber, yeah. Which he goes to be pretty psycho in the next sequels and stuff. A little bit. But, it's you know, it's a pretty interesting storyline. I mean, I have to say the script is pretty tight. Outside of one area that we'll talk about when we get that there. was always such a such a red herring though. I mean, for, you know, I first saw it like, okay, so you're dropping all this stuff about him in here, you know, and it's like, so when's the payoff with him? Why are we? Why is he kind of dropped in randomly throughout? You know, right? I it is cool though that I mean he does come back in the sequel because you're right. If he wasn't in, say, part two, it would have been like, well, what's the whole Cotton Weary thing all about? Yeah, exactly. You know, so I can kind of see. It's big, you know, it's referenced by Gale and different things, but it's kind of like, there's a lot of stuff that, like, inside stuff that you're talking about that you're not telling us. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, it it obviously sets up the fact of, you know, we really learn about Sydney's mom and, you know, you needed that storyline, you know. So I think they did the right amount of just showing uh, leave Shriver as much as they did, you know, just just a little bit, just kind of get the the seed planted yeah. for the story, but not really go too far with it, you know. Yep. So, um, the bathroom scene with those two girls, oh my gosh! Can in the we, high school, in the high yeah, school in the yeah, high yeah. school, man. Mm-hmm. I know they're supposed to be terrible, but <laughs> man, it is some bad acting, sir. Yeah, especially the especially the one main bully. Yeah, the blonde. <laughs> just uh... oh my gosh, it's terrible, man. I roll my eyes every time I see that scene, man. Yeah, it's pretty bad. It, it's pretty bad. Now, uh, in this, uh, let's see, that that doesn't happen yet because I'm trying to think. Okay, hold on, is there? He shows up in school later. Okay. I'm trying to go in order here in my head. Give me a second here. All right. So the Fonz suspends the, uh, you know, suspends the guys for messing around. And they kind of set him up at this point as a suspect because he got the scissors and stuff. Did you ever once, when you watched this movie, ever thought of, you know, Mr. Henry Winkler as the killer? No. Not at all. That never worked for me. Well, that that's cool. You know, he seemed too much of a nice guy because he's like, remember, your principal loves you and all this and that. And uh, I never, ever thought that he was, um, you know, a killer at all. I just some of my friends got that vibe. So I was just yeah. wondering if you well, I mean, like, they, they tried it, but they eh, they were kind of half hearted in there, you know, kind of putting that out there. You know, I mean, it, they, they wanted you to think that, but I, I don't think they went enough with it to really sell it. Yeah. Do you like how, you know, eventually before he gets killed and he starts yelling out in, in the hallway, is Wes Craven playing Freddy? It's a pretty cool yeah, yeah. I, I always love that, man. I instantly knew that that was Wes Craven somehow. 
I was like, oh, that's Wes Craven playing Freddy. You know, it was just good times. I really think that's Yeah, it's good. And uh, so the principal gets killed. Why? What's the motive behind Stu and Billy killing the principal? Uh, I I get everybody else, but just not this guy. Is it because he knows something? I don't I'm not sure. Maybe it's just pure revenge. Maybe they just wanted to give a body count. That could be, you know. Yeah, because it really doesn't make sense. It does come out of nowhere. Right. And it that's, you know, really not explained. Is is it revenge for him, you know, giving him grief? I you know, I don't know. Yeah. But it, it could be just maybe they felt, oh, we need a kill at this moment in the in the scene or whatever. But yeah. I mean it was cool because uh, I mean it worked, it was suspenseful, it was kind of scary. I was just always wondering the motivation behind those two. That's the thing I like though, is because that one was it was unexpected to me. Yeah, exactly. You know, it was like, all right, you know, and because you know, because they had tried to set him up as as the killer, and it was, I, I never saw that coming the first time I saw it. It's true. Now, you know, throughout the movie, we have Gail and Dewey that really kind of build their relationship, if you will. But you know, of course, real love was birthed out of this movie. So, did you kind of get the chemistry on screen with these two? Did you like them together and the kind of yeah, stuff that happened? Actually, I did. Um, it was kind of sweet. Yeah, yeah, it it really was. It you know it actually was really good chemistry between the two of them. You know, you could tell that you know obviously you know stuff going on you know on set too that you know there it was a good chemistry between these two. Yeah, um, you know, I, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was gonna say it just you know it. I I think it just proves what Courtney Cox was capable of of getting a a good performance out of David Arquette. It's true. I mean, this is really. The only movie I've ever liked David Arquette in, because, you know... Uh, Wait, you don't love Ready to Rumble? No. Oh, that movie sucks, yeah. dude. It sure does. That movie's terrible. You don't love Eight-Legged Freaks? I no. mean, this guy makes brilliant movies. No, 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 no. Contrarian Mastunas is not stupid, okay? He likes the movies that people don't like when they're actually good movies, okay? <laughs> I don't like the terrible movies, sir. And that's terrible, all right? Come on. Give me Very some good. credit here, sir. Good, good. Very good. All right. Moving on, <laughs> I you know I think my favorite scene with those two is later on in the film when you know he tries to get her out of the way, and was that what you were looking for? Because it not it wasn't in the script, and he says my whole life it was just ad lib that he was yep. actually telling her, and then she just smiles and moves his face. You know, it they're a sweet couple. I dig them. It's unfortunate that you know by Scream Four they're actually getting divorced and stuff, which is kind of sad because I thought they were kind of going to last in Hollywood, you know, but. It's oh, unfortunate. I know, man. Uh, I like some of the the lines that uh, Tatum does. Like, you act like you're in a West Carpenter flick or something. Yeah, I like that. You know, that's pretty fun. Now, one thing I think is really stupid is uh, later on when when uh, they're shopping and we Billy or Stu is in the store. Mm-hmm. Like, hello. That that makes no sense to me, dude. Right. You know, I, I, the the bushes made sense. You know, he's looking out in the bushes, you know, looking at them on the porch. That's cool. But if you know people are looking for this person dressed up like this, you're going to go inside a store dressed up like this. I just <laughs> thought it was a stupid scene, dude. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So I was just curious. Can we just go ahead? Since we're, since we're kind of on that point. Yeah. Let's talk about we haven't even really talked about the killer. The, the ghost face killer. Yeah. What did you th- What did you think when of Ghostface when you saw it? Well, you know, what did you think of that as your as your killer? 
I can tell you this, that the mask in number one is not what they sell on the shelves, and they change the mask the way it looks in number two and three. Like, the cheeks is, like, way different, especially in the beginning with the Drew Barrymore killing. Yeah. Uh, here's my first thing that ever happened when I saw this in theater. Now, I did not want to see this movie in a theater. I had no desire. You know, I was burned after Halloween 6. I was just kind of like, every movie sucks. And Everybody was burned after Halloween 6. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, man, I don't know. So I, when I saw this, I was like, oh, my gosh, I've seen that costume before. The reason I liked it is because it was an everyday costume I had seen every year in Halloween that nobody gave a crap about. But yeah, I always it noticed it. it. Generic ghost costume. Exactly. And now it's what I dress up as every Halloween just because <laughs> it's it's a simple outfit to put on. A little black thing, gloves, put the mask on. And in fact, when I do Halloween and I, and I open the door to give trick or treat, my first face is the what's up from, from Scary yeah. Movie. You know, with the tongue sticking out and then in the back is the scary mask, depending on how I want to turn around. But I, I liked it. I thought it was cool because of the fact of it was a costume that I could go to the store today to buy versus the costumes like Michael Myers mask. I couldn't just up and go buy a Michael Myers mask. You know, it was just it was real. It made the movie more real because mm -hmm. it was a costume you were used to seeing every year that nobody ever wore. Yeah. You know, that that's my impression of the ghost face, which obviously now is iconic. So what about right. you? Yeah. When I first saw it, when I first I mean, like in the, the opening scene, we first see it. I, I thought it was kind of goofy. Okay. I thought it was almost kind of laughable. Yeah. Like, really? Because it is something that you see. You know, so I was like, oh, like this, they, they, they didn't even try. <laughs> They're just going with something that they picked off a shelf, you know. And uh, it, it, it wore on me as the, as the movie went along. And, and you could say the same thing about, you know, about Jason. I mean, you know, you see that's like, oh, really? A hockey mask? You know, real original. But, but it works. Right. And, you know, for me, this one kind of as the movie went along, I'm like, oh, OK, this really works for me. And so it has gone from kind of laughable to to iconic and and somehow it, it, it works for me. And, you know, it is cool because you can realistically put anybody under that, you know, exactly. anybody can be the killer. It's not like, oh, he's got to look like this or he's got to have scars or whatever. Like, no, it could literally be in any movie. It could be anybody. They just have to throw the mask on. And it's a very simple costume because that outfit is a simple pullover. Yes, yeah, so you can throw it on, throw it off, like, as they do in this movie. Exactly. Kill somebody, 30 seconds, you know, 10 seconds later, the costume's off, you're walking in, like, what happened? Exactly. At the, you know, towards the end when Stu's attacking Sydney in the truck and then he takes the costume off and starts running in about, give me the gun, it was him that did it, you know? Uh, so yeah, it's a very, it's a very simple costume. It's effective. It grows on you, but it, it's also very believable because it was something you could buy at any store for 10 bucks and anybody could wear it. Yep. That that's what made it so scary. So I actually think it was very effective. I, I never liked the nowadays they have the stupid blood one yeah. where the blood, it, that was dumb. They never had that in any of the movies. So why make a costume like that? I always thought that was dumb. I agree, but whatever. Uh, one of my favorite scenes, dude, is by far Youth of America kicks in and we're at the party. Yep. That song is my jam from this soundtrack. I listen to this j song at least once a week. I love this song. It is the best song in the whole entire soundtrack. Love it, dude. It's great. Most will argue. That's fine. 
But I love this song, man. <laughs> what about you, sir? What's your Mike's favorite? Mike's ready to fight. What's your favorite tune, sir, on the soundtrack? No, this is a great one. This is a great one. You right like there. the song? Excellent. Uh, you know, this uh, this scene is very cool, this whole party scene. I mean, obviously, it's going to be setting up for what's going to happen towards the end. But everything from, you know, Tatum saying, you know, you ooh, you want to play Psycho Killer? And he starts to shake his head, yeah. you know. And here's the thing. This guy gets his ass kicked in this movie, dude. Seriously. Well, yeah. That's why half the time I think it's uh, Stu because Stu's an idiot. I'm like, man, that guy just got – he got kicked, you know, especially when he's getting the refrigerator to the face. <laughs> yep. But I'm like, that's got to be Billy because Stu's in there watching the movies with everybody. So I'm like, okay. So the one that killed Drew Barrymore was obviously Stu. The one that was in Sydney's house was Stu. Billy ends up killing Tatum, right? Yep. Then um, – and, and then we'll get to it when we get there. But I was just – I. When Tatum's kicking his rear end, I was like, this has got to be Stu. But then when you go back and you're like, oh, well, Stu's at the party. And I know for sure because when Billy comes around, he's like, he gives that look like it's done. He yeah. he raises his eyebrows twice and gives him yep. the look like, I killed her. We're good. You know? See, in this scene, always, I love this scene, but I always have a problem with this scene where Tatum's trying to get away, right? Yeah. She's trying to go through the doggy door, right? And depending on which side of the door they're showing, she's much further through the door. Yeah. Like if they show from from inside the garage, she's halfway out that thing. Exactly. Like, she's going to make it. And then they show the outside view, and it's just her head going through the door. And they cut back and forth, like, man, make it consistent. Like, she's almost out. Wait, no, she's not. Like, drives me nuts every time. Okay, yes. Since we're nitpicking, can I, can I give you my biggest issue with this movie? And, I mean, this is... I mean, most people might hate me for this, and some might agree, but I have a huge nitpick with this movie. Mm -hmm. So can I go ahead and lay this down now? Lay it out. Okay. I love the fact that Kevin Williamson loves Halloween. Mm -hmm. it, is, it is blueprinted all over this movie. Oh, I yeah. love and respect that. However, either Wes Craven has never seen Halloween a day in his life, or they did a piss-poor job in the editing of this movie. Let me explain. Okay, so we have the guys that are sitting down to watch Halloween. Yep. First scene that comes up, Michael Myers grabs Bob, and he's going to pin him against the door. The one guy says, ooh, the blood is too red. Stupid. There's no blood in that scene, number one. Okay? <laughs> then Michael Myers takes the knife and stabs Bob, as we know. And then Michael Myers is sitting there doing his look, left, look, and right, and now, Randy's going to give the rules. What yep. does he pause on? Where the knife is. So you just went out of order in the movie. So if you wanted to pause it in that scene, you should have paused it in that scene. That really irritates me. But that's not where it stops. Let me continue. So at 1 hour, 24 minutes, and 21 seconds. Oh, man, this is where – oh, sorry. Let me back up. At 1 hour, 22 minutes, and 29 seconds. All right, much better. Yes. Sorry. This is where – uh, Lori comes in and sees Annie, right? Because mm -hmm. he's saying, you of know, course. yeah, this is where Annie's like, watch out, Jamie, look behind you, look behind you. So within this time, exactly 15 seconds in the movie, she's going to turn around and she's going to see Linda and then she's going to run into Bob. So according to Scream, you get to the one hour, 24 minute and 21 second mark. And this is where 
this happens. And we know in movie time, one minute takes like five minutes. So mm-hmm. they're totally screwing this up. The only thing they did right was doing the Halloween music when the when Randy gets the call about the principal and they're doing where uh, Lori's walking across the street. Yeah. It frustrates me to no end. <laughs> and I know that most people are not going to care. And I know that I'm nitpicking and that's fine. But when you're messing with my favorite movie in horror, do it right. That's all I'm saying. Do you feel better? Dude, I do. But I, I'm, the more I talk about it, the more pissed off I get. It really, really bothers me, dude. So I'm sorry. I know I'm, I, sh- ah, I shouldn't let it bother me. I know it's just editing, but it just irritates me because, you know, there's so much love for Halloween. And then they do this just to, I don't know, man. Just, I'm glad you got it out. Dude, don't mock me, man. No, I'm serious. <laughs> That's good because, you know, because I, I, okay, I feel you because they're, I have things just like that that, like, no, oh, nobody's going to understand this, but it bothers me. Yeah. I have a lot of those in movies. And it's like, eh, just somebody hear me with this. Yeah. yeah. I feel you, man. All right, cool, man. I, I feel a little bit better, man. <laughs> Very good. That's good. Um, Now, the, uh, the overall, man, when we get to, uh, you know, the end here where, you know, I love the rules, number one. Randy yeah. gives oh, the rules. Oh, it's great. That's my favorite scene in the movie. Yeah. It's fantastic. It literally takes 30 years of horror and narrows it to three rules. I mean, it's fantastic, man. I mean, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. I can't say anything better. I mean, outside of the Halloween thing, that is the best, man. Just, it made sense. And then I love the joke, I'll be right back, you know? Mm-hmm. It, the rules work, dude, and obviously they're true. <laughs> obviously, it becomes uh, a common theme that we're gonna get throughout this series. But since this is the first movie to do it, I mean, now in today's movies, you always think of the rules in Scream, which were created back in the '60s. You know. Yep. So I I love the rules, man. It's good times. Yeah, definitely, and that's you know, like I like I said before, this that's. It's one thing that makes this movie cool and makes it makes it something different is because of that's the self-awareness. Like, look, we know this is these are the rules. Most of these horror movies are paint by numbers. You know, this is you, this. If this happens, this is about to happen. You know, this person is definitely going to die. You know, it, I like that. I like that they're very, refer, you know, referential to the real history of these of the genre. It's true. It is, yeah, good times. Now, uh, there's one scene I got to ask you about. I need your opinion on because I have no idea. I've never known this since the moment I've seen this scene. So they get done having sex. So obviously she's no longer a virgin, obviously. And yep. she's she's telling Billy, you know, trying to talk about the phone call and stuff. He leans over the bed and says, what will it take for me to prove that I'm not a killer? Mm-hmm. She says, oh, my God, to his face. And then says, oh, my God, when she sees Stu come in. Why does she say, oh, my God, the first time to his face? I've never got that. That's a good question. Oh, anybody I ask never has the answer. I was hoping. Yeah. And you, Mr. Insight, man. I mean, I thought I was like, OK, Jameson's got to know this one, man. <laughs> it's just I've never understood it because I was like, is this the moment where she's like, oh, maybe Billy's the killer? Or uh, is she like, oh, no, I shouldn't have said that. I don't get it. Yeah, uh, you know what? I, that, that's a good question. I mean, I just, you know, top of my head, I'd assume that would be that that was the first time that the thought that maybe he's the one, yeah, kind of sprung in. Like, 
Oh my God, it's possible. It's the only thing to give me half an answer, but mm-hmm. never like where somebody would say, no, nah, this is how it is. And then I would be yeah. 100% satisfied with their answer. Yeah. The second, oh my God, was, okay, the killer's in the house and you're not the killer. But the first one, I've always been like, is she saying, oh my God, you're the killer or oh my God, you're not the killer. I shouldn't have said that. I don't get hmm. where she's coming from when she says it. Just the way her face looks and the, oh, I just, I don't yeah, get I it. Yeah, so. I see it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but this scene, man, it's very good going after this, man. It's an intense running through the house and yeah. uh, it's just, it's action packed. It's definitely, the, the score is very good. It's very uh, you know, good times. And, you know, clearly we know this is Stu coming after her. now. I mean, clearly he could have killed her in the truck instead of grabbing her back of her neck. He could have yeah. just stabbed her, but then, then the movie would have been over, which I'm fine with, but I just love how he just disappears and all of a sudden shows up and you got him and Randy fighting and stuff. That yeah. was a great scene, man. That had me on the edge of my seat. The first time I saw this, I was like, who's the killer? You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I still didn't know it this time. And then when you see Billy come out, man, you're like, dude, Billy's still alive. And he shoots Randy. Dude, my jaw dropped. I was like, what? And I don't think it hit me until I saw Stu come out of the kitchen. And I was like, two killers? (laughs) It literally had me flabbergasted the first time I saw it. I was like, why didn't anybody ever think of this before? Two killers. Yeah. You know, can you know, if maybe I'm wrong, as far as I know, Scream's the first movie to have two killers in it. That yeah, I, you is know, in a slasher flick. Right. Yeah. I I can't think of any. I, I, you know, this was the first time I'd seen that too. You know, and I was kind of same as you, like, holy cow, that's awesome. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and it just like, you know, it's it's so good, and what I love is is you know you're supposed to get the motivation, you know. Uh, and what's the motivation behind it? Well, it's, it's not, you know, it's more scary if there's no motivation. And then here's the thing that just blew my mind is when Billy tells Sydney the reason why he did is because her mother slept with her father, causing his mom to leave. And you see the look on Stu's face like he never knew that. Yeah, like, what, dude? This is why we're doing it? Right. <laughs> I, he's like, I thought it was just to, just to do it. There was no motivation. But it's the first time he's hearing this. And I've always gotten that from the moment I've seen it. And it always resonates with me every time I see it. It's like, wow, this is his first time hearing it, you know? It's crazy, man. And it is because it, it, it seems like they're so well orchestrated in how – they're pulling things off, you know, and it seems like it's very, you know, that th- they've got this, they've talked about it, they've discussed it, like, all right, and then you're going to have this, the costume here, you know, you're going to go into this, I'll be here so they see me, blah, 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 and then it, it comes to that, you know, and he reveals it, and yeah, it's Stu's face, like, what? Yeah. We did talk about that. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but some of the lines are my absolute favorite lines in this movie are, are by Stu about my turn when he gets all mad that he's getting stabbed, you know, or it's like, yeah. you know, I feel woozy here. <laughs> There's a lot of blood here, man. <laughs> I think my favorite thing that I found out is the scene where Billy hits him with the phone was not in the script. And he's like, you hit me with the phone. You, you know, and he goes off. <laughs> that was not in the script. And he That's was, awesome. yeah, he, he actually said that it was Craven loves it so much. He kept it in, but, <laughs> Uh, did you notice the scene where Stu's like, 
it's a scream, baby. And he yeah. starts spitting all over his mouth, and he's got spit just hanging off his lip. Did you ever notice that, dude? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Crazy, man. That's why I was like, I love Matthew Little because he's so ridiculous. And Billy, man, he is just going crazy. Yeah, he's like bloodthirsty all of a sudden. Oh, man. And I just love it. Michael Myers is breaking through the closet, which technically this scene matches up based on the last scene that they had show where she fell down the stairs or and Michael Myers at the top of the stairs. This technically would have happened in the amount of time that they've shown roughly. Uh, maybe a minute or two off, but I went with this versus what the crap they showed earlier. Uh-huh. But uh, yeah, he just takes a look at Michael Myers enough for him to get stabbed with the umbrella, man. And you think the movie's over. Yeah. And uh, good old, uh, you know, uh, dude, I, I just love that line. Not in my movie. Shoots him in the head, man. Good times, dude. <laughs> <sighs> yes. So uh, here's the thing, man. Before we kind of wrap up with this movie i don't like part two i think okay. it's i think it's okay sequel three for me is what two should have been i i hate the killers in part two i hate their motivation i don't think they're very good i just thought ah it was a very bad movie and three was not as bad as four it, it was okay it i don't hate two but it's nowhere near as remarkable as number one so let's just say I was to give number one four and a half stars, I would give Scream two three stars, and then for Scream three I would go four stars because right. I like Scream three a hell of a lot more than two because number three we only have one killer, which obviously changed it up because you're expecting two killers when you watch part two. Right. So the motivation behind it was so much better. It, it was family. You had the same callbacks to number one because you were in the same house and you had Patrick Dempsey, which was always kind of like, is he really the killer, you know? And they, and then when the real killer, he's only really in the movie twice, at least with the, in number two, uh, the guy that ends up being the killer, he's just annoying. And he turned out to be a pretty awesome bad guy in other movies, you know? Um, he, I guess he was like the bad guy in what? Die Hard 4, right? Uh, I'm trying to remember. Yeah, he was the bad guy in Die Hard 4. He was a terrible actor in, in part two, but he I've seen him in other roles. And he ends up he's in that uh, TV show where he's a he's a cop. It's on FX and it's got phenomenal ratings. I can't remember the name of the show that he's in, but it was on FX. He was a oh, cop. he's uh, justified. Yeah, justified. Yeah, yeah. yeah, his acting chops after Scream 2 went through the roof. Scream 2 is terrible. I can't stand watching him. And then the mom, which we all know is Sheldon's mom nowadays in Big Bang. She was terrible. Couldn't stand her, dude. So three for me is like I would rather watch one and three and skip two because two Randy dies and it's just ugh. And I don't know, man. So what's your thoughts on two and three, sir? <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Um, I'm really critical on six sequels nowadays, man. That's how I'm feeling. <laughs> right. Um, I actually like two. I, I dug two. Um, I don't have any issues with it. I don't think any of them hold up to the original. Um. But I think two is decent. I think three is equally decent. Um, four is garbage. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, I've watched it once and I've never watched it again. Yeah, I saw in the theater. And my wife and I have a history of these movies because this was like um, when we first started dating was when these were coming out. And so these were mo- some of the first, like Scream was one of the first movies that we saw together. And, and that's why you're married today. 
Right, exactly. Um, and so we, we have a history with these movies. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to take you to see Scream 4. <laughs> it's going to suck, but we're going to see it. Like, oh. <laughs> um, I knew that movie was trashed when the beginning kept going over and over yeah. and over and would not stop. I was, was like, just, by the third time, I was like, shut up already. It was bad. It was terrible. Here's the thing, though, is for me, this movie – um, I, I found it kind of interesting as I was kind of thinking about this, you know, when we were talking about doing this, um, just in my mind that the first scream, when I first saw it, you know, it was, it was new and exciting. You know, it was, it was a, it was a great homage to the earlier slasher flicks, but it was just, it was new and it was fresh, right? Right. It was exciting. And, and like I say, it, it, it launched a whole new era of, of these type of movies and, as it kind of went along, as it the series went along, it became cliched almost to me. Especially when it got to four, it was totally cliched. Exactly. It was, four was just a, a a parody of the original, you know. And so, in recent years, you know, and I haven't watched the first Scream. I don't know. It's been quite a while. It's been several years. And so in my mind, I kind of, I kind of wrote it off, kind of marginalized it, like ah oh, yeah, Scream, you know, and kind of somehow lumped it in with scary movie franchise and all that. Like, yeah, you know, it all went too far, but at rewatching this man, it just reminded me how much I love this movie, you know, looking back on it and just getting back into it. Just reminded me how great this movie is. Yep. So that was fun. That was, that was great getting, getting to do that. You know, did you, you rewatched cause I rewatched this uh, today. Actually, when did you rewatch this? Uh, last night. Did you and the wife watch it together? Did she enjoy it as much as you did? Oh, yeah. She loves it. Excellent. Yeah, she loves it. Now, I will say this. I I haven't seen part two forever. I'm not – I think I might enjoy it more, you know, with the rewatch. Mm-hmm. It's just been so long and it's just – I it, these movies are just kind of, you know, it's – I just remember loving three more than two. So I don't want it to make it sound like I hate two. It's just I can't stand the killers. They're just terrible. Yeah. I just can't stand it, especially the the guy. The mom is like, ah, eh, she's not really in it too much, and I get her motivation. Him was just to pay for college or something. And I was like, that was dumb. But <laughs> you know, I I like Jerry O'Connell. You know, it's actually a fun scene where he's singing to Sydney and stuff. And I like Sarah Michelle Gellar. CC getting killed. That was real scary. The beginning is crazy, man, with uh, Omar Epps and stuff. Yep. Great, yeah. Great, great beginning, man. <laughs> yeah. I love the beginning. It was almost as effective as the Drew Barrymore one. Good times. Uh, the Tory spelling thing was kind of uh, kind of stupid. Uh, they go really far within a part three. Yeah. You know, but um, I think I need to rewatch too. But just off the top of my head, I would go Scream One, four and a half. Um, you know, Halloween, John Carpenter's Halloween. Is five. It always will be. It always be my favorite. Yeah. There, obviously, there's flaws. I mean, we've talked. I've talked about it a million times. Everybody has, but everybody just loves that movie. Scream. Um. You know, four and a half. Just because of the fact of, I think it's good. Uh. There's there's just there's a little bit of suspense that's missing that I would like to have a little bit more that there really isn't any. Uh, like there's suspense, but not the kind of suspense that kind of lingers i guess you know. yeah because there is anytime they get some suspense build there's a kill yeah like instantly yeah there's none of that suspense and then 
they live and you know like michael myers would just like you know play with uh with annie before he would ever kill her you know it was just like it kept building and yeah there were no like yeah stalking him down scenes yeah and the thing is that that i found with a lot of the newer you know slasher movies like this when it got into it and and i know what you did last summer and different things like that is is that they were just too quick to like the best thing about suspense movies and the thing that makes in my mind makes hitchcock the greatest director ever is that you you start to expect a killer at any moment right anytime you turn a corner and you start to expect it but then they don't give it to you exactly you're like oh man so it must be this next corner yeah. Oh man, he must be here, and and you, it, it plays with your own emotion on it, and th- that's the thing is with with a lot of these newer franchises is they give you that killer popping out way too often, to where there's no like, oh, it could be here, and he's not, like, oh, it could be here, yep, there he is. Yeah. You know, and and it, it's just kind of. I like a little more of the slow build, like you say. Yeah, you know, with Silver Bullet, you know, I I, I know you haven't listened to it yet, but I, I talked about how there's the suspense just builds and builds in that movie, and it just it's so like I I'm so much on the edge of my seat, and the more I you know with being October, I'm rewatching all these movies, and I'm just like this is what I love because today's standards, you know, I'll never forget what my daughter said to me. She goes. Uh, why didn't they show what he looked like? And I says, isn't it more scary in your mind if you can imagine what somebody looks like being torn in pieces than them showing you? And she, and she goes, yeah. I said, with today's movies, you have no imagination. They have to show you everything. It takes the suspense out. And that's why I'm not enjoying horror movies as right. much as I used to because I don't – I'm not scared. It's just a gore fest. It's just, yep. it's just. I, I have no, no emotional attachment to anybody, and there, there's no purpose. So I want, I want somebody to have the balls to make a movie like Halloween in in 2014 to do long shots, to uh, do suspense, to mm-hmm. build stuff up. But nobody's got the guts to do that in today's world because everything's got to be show you everything and let's get to it and let's kill people. And producers are like, oh, you're 15 minutes in. You haven't killed nobody. Throw in a kill here. And it's ridiculous. And at least I have all my old school stuff I can go back and watch. Right. I would much rather watch some old school Hitchcock or some, you know, some 80s horror movies that that can build the slow burn. And a lot of it is because. They couldn't afford to keep giving you the villain, or they couldn't afford to, you know, all these special effects. So let's just build suspense. You know, a lot of it is what you said, like, you know, it's what Hitchcock always said, like, oh no, the 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 demon that's in your mind is much worse than what I could ever show you. Exactly. You know, and and it is, and, and the other part of it is like, well, you know, maybe I can't come up with a great mask. Like I remember a movie in the nineties that is not a good movie, but I really loved it when I saw it in the theater called The Relic. Um, and I remember seeing it, and it builds suspense because you don't know who the killer is for a large chunk of the movie. Right. And I remember being like, this is awesome. Like, this is so good. It was genuinely scaring me. And then they show what the killer is, and it is hor- just horrible. Horrible effects, just not at all what I was expecting. And a big disappointment. That movie went from being like, this is great, to like, I don't, I don't need to ever watch this garbage again. Wow. You know, and so that's what you risk when you when you do that. 
So let me ask you this. You know, you just uh, were on Flicks and did the innkeepers and stuff, and yep. you, you, there's a lot of slow build, you know, oh, that, yeah. that you guys are talking about. Do you think the reason why in today's world the horror movies are dominated by the paranormal like mm-hmm. type movies because of the fact you have to have that slow burn and it's taking people back in the day to be in suspense, you know, being on the edge of your seat? That's probably why those movies, all these these ghost movies are working now. I, and and making a PG thirteen means everybody can go watch. I think I think there's there's a couple of things there is that they work because I think there's it's been such a long gap between a, a movie like that, you know, and they're obviously so successful, especially like the paranormal franchise and such, because they're dirt cheap to make. So let's churn them out, you know. Um, and for me, the paranormal franchise, I'm not a fan of, but yeah, but you know, like the innkeepers. It's rare. I, you know, it's rare to get something like that. So when you do get something new, that is that style that's willing to take that risk, I love it and I appreciate it. And I'll give them that extra leash to 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 build that up. Where a lot of people are like, boring. It's been 15 minutes. Nobody. There hasn't been a head rolling across the floor yet. Yeah. Go watch some Rob Zombie. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. You want to watch some of that garbage? He's got another one coming out. If you want to check that out. Oh, don't don't even get me started on the Lords of whatever it's called. The Lords of Salem. Yeah. yeah. I watch that, man. What? Why would you even do that, sir? <laughs> I told you. I watch everything. That movie was awful, by the way. Okay, let me ask you this. What's worse, H2 or that movie? Oh, man. And we know that H2 is the worst movie I've ever seen in my life. So, come on. Give it to me, sir. It's tough. Uh, I think H2 is worse because there were a couple of things that I liked about Lords of Salem early on. And then it just went off the rails. (laughs) Kind of like Michael Bay. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like it, it, there were some promising moments in there, um, and I like Sherry Moon Zombie. I think she's a good horror movie actress in small doses, not as a starring actress, <laughs> which was the problem here. Um, so yeah, yeah, I think H two is worse, but Lords of Salem is not good. Excellent. All right. Well, I'll make sure I avoid that. But yeah, it's true. You want to watch that stuff? Go watch Hostel. Go watch Rob Zombie. You'll yeah. know. You'll get it. Kill every. Go watch Wrong Turn. I mean, come, that's what that stuff's made for. Yeah, is for the people that are just into that kind of stuff, and then uh, and that's fine. And there's an audience for that. And I like I like the first Wrong Turn. I thought it was kind of cool. It was good. You know, I, I don't love Wrong Turn four or whatever they're on. No, um, it's five now. <laughs> excellent. Yeah, <laughs> but I think I think if if you're a fan of we're we're way off the tangent. I but know it's true. If you're a fan of those old school of the suspenseful movies, I think you have to. You know, you have to go out and support that style of movie. So you see, like, the innkeepers or different things. You spread the word about it. You know, whatever you can do. Because for me, myself, I love that style of scary movies. I love the the suspense more. I love slasher movies. They're great. But I think it's much, the suspense horror is is much better, much more effective. And, and it, I, there's a different rewatchability to it, exactly. you know, depending on what you're looking for. But I, I think it, it's it's phenomenal when it's done right. Exactly, which is why for me, Halloween's five and this is four and a half because this movie is very smart. It's it was definitely worth every praise and credit that it gets, but it had a, not as much suspense in it that I love and adore. But it was still a phenomenal movie. So you know, it's a week five. Strong four and a half for me. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. where I'm at with this movie. 
way to way to bring it back around. I forgot where we even were. Yeah, I was I was basically trying to explain why I why it wasn't a five. Why it wasn't a five because to me, even though John Carpenter's Halloween guerrilla style filmmaking, we all know where the flaws are. We all know where John Carpenter's smoke is across the screen. We all yeah. know where the palm trees are. It's still the best for me because it is so suspenseful. It's so simple. It doesn't. Oh, it's just so simple. A kid can get it. That's yeah. you know. That's that's the thing. I agree with you. Halloween is easily my favorite horror movie. Yeah. Easily. And it, and it's it's so great that it it's a horror movie that holds up all these years later. All these rewatches. Thirty five years later, baby. Yeah. And having rewatched it more than any other horror movie I've ever seen, you know, watch it annually. And it still holds up, and it's still like, oh man, I know what's gonna happen. I know, of course, I know what's gonna happen. It was like, ooh, uh, you know, it it works. And a lot of the stuff now, just I don't see that holding up. Exactly. I mean, Halloween, I watch every year. Scream. This is the first time I watched it in th- three years. Yeah. You know, yeah. I do. I love it. I agree with you though. Uh, Scream, like I said before, is this kind of rewatching it now kind of really reinvigorated how much I like this movie. You know, like I, said, I kind of marginalized it. And so it's cool because I think my score really jumped having rewatched it from what it was in my mind before that. Exactly. So where are you at now? I, I agree with you. It's four and a half. OK. Excellent. Yeah. I mean, I, I if you would have had me on and I would have talked about it without rewatching it, I bet I was giving it a, a three. three. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. I was the same way, sir. Dude, me and you are on this. Dude, are you like in my living room or something? <laughs> we are so in sync on this. Look to your left, Michael. It's crazy. Well, I was looking to my right, actually. So. Well, that's why you didn't see me. It's all good. <laughs> all right, sir. I think that's a wrap for our Scream review. So uh, should we hear what the STL Nation has to say, sir? Heck yeah. All right, let's do it. Um, I had a lot of emails on Blade, sir. And as you know, I, I combined two movies in one episode, so mm-hmm. I, I missed some. So I got two Blade, uh, two emails I got to read, and then we can move on to Scream. Well, you so, better get to it then. It's true. So the first one is from uh, Time Traveling Peter. He's like, greetings, Mistunis. What is up? Because that's what I say. Here we are with Blade 2. Jason hates when I say that, by the way. What is up? It's hilarious. Here we are with Blade 2. This was my first Gilmer Del Toro movie, or as I like to call him, GDT. He goes on to direct such movies as Hellboy, uh, Pan's Labyrinth, Pacific Rim. Perhaps you've heard of those little movies. Of course I have. All kidding aside, I think this second installment of Blade opened up with the doors of opportunity for GDT. Visually, I think this is one that looks a lot better than the first movie. I think when the vampires turn into ash, it looks a lot better. Heck, I like the effects of the mouse opening sideways. This movie is just filled with eye candy visual effects. During a lot of the fight scenes, you couldn't even tell they were CGI or real. I think Wesley Snipes did just a good of a job as he did in the first movie ron perlman is badass in his role of hellboy i mean reinhardt i just love the scene where blade kept smacking him after twirling the stake so fast and i want to go ahead and uh say something in my review i had asked people to write in and tell me what a certain uh line was in the movie i found out what it is and now i feel stupid um (laughs) it was when he says can you blush and i didn't know it was a racial slur 
So now I found out that 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 Reinhardt's a racist. So thank you, Hurricane Andrew, for writing in, and now I feel I stupid. I hope you're happy. Yeah. So I didn't. I had no idea because I said, "Oh, that sounds funny." So I, I honestly, I've been saying no... that joke to all my black friends. <laughs> they never love it. It's true. I've always wondered why they never laugh when I said that to them. Uh, I just love the scene where. Uh, okay. No. Now Whist. Now Whistler. I get why his character was brought back for the sequel, but I didn't like it. The story made sense, but I felt cheated because on what happened in part one, you were supposed to feel bad for Blade when Whistler got shot himself, leaving him without the only family he really had. The man was like a father to him. I guess that's a little nitpicky, but it's just made me question why even kill him off in the first one, which I've addressed this issue, so go back and listen. Yeah. Since since you're a fan of the Fast Furious franchise, you probably noticed the guy who played Koopa is also Vince in the first Fast Furious and also Fast Five, which I mentioned. Again, I can't stress this enough, how amazing the movie looks visually. Sorry, dude. I'm not going to talk about this because I, I spent two hours talking about this crap. So, <laughs> so I'm just going through the email. Uh, all the new characters are cool in their own way. Uh, Norma Reedus, who knows his role in Boonot Saints and Walking Dead, played Scud, who really liked, who did really well like he usually does, which we have different opinion. He shouldn't play hey, the role. Hey, I love of, Norman Reedus. Hey, you listen, sir. And we'll talk offline. All right. <laughs> he should have played the role of John Connor in T3. Overall, I give Blade 2 4.5 stars. I'll catch you on the rest of the STL and Blade Trinity Time Traveling Peter. So thank you, sir, for writing in on that one. And our last Blade one is from Welty69. Hello, STL. I'm going by memory here for this review, but I think it should be okay. Blade 2, everything a sequel is. Wrapped up action, better bad guys and better weapons. You should have heard the review so nothing I say now is a spoiler. I did not like it that Whistler came back, but they needed another character and whatnot from the last one, so here it is. Writing 101 states, if you do not see the body, then the person could return. Well, we all heard from the first movie was, uh, all we heard from the first movie was a single shot. So, again, I've addressed this issue. Go back and listen. Good points. One, the Blood Pack. Cool group. A team trained to fight Blade and now has to work with them. Two, two people from my favorite shows are in this. Uh, Danny, John, Jules, uh, Kat from Reed Dwarf, and Norman uh, Reedus. Daryl from Walking Dead did not see his portrayal coming. The evolution of vampires. Cool idea. Nice effects with the fang mouth as well as the hard chest covering the heart. And the bad, the fight scenes when the pack breaks into Blade's place. Don't get me wrong, the action was good, but the CGI was atrocious. I hate bad CGI. Why can't we just go back to practical uh, handmade effects Hollywood? My favorite line, it's not a dud talking about the bomb in the back of his head. All in good stuff. It almost makes up for the crap fest number three. My boy Ryan Reynolds holds his own in that, the only good part of three. Well, that is all I got. Welty69 signing off. So, sir... You need to listen to Blade because we need to talk, sir. So I'm interested to hear your thoughts on what I had to say, sir. It's going to be good times, man. I go against everything you say. Excellent. That's mm-hmm. that's what you're here for, sir. That's right. So uh, with uh, we'll start off with Nathan on his email for Scream. Here's what he had to say. I love Scream. I'm going to go off memory for this review. Psycho did the huge first uh, twist, killing off the first big name early in the movie. Drew, who I love was killed in the very uh, memorable scene. I used to be able to quote this scene word for word, not anymore. It's been a while since I saw it. Uh, he used I, to make this phone call to <laughs> random women. <laughs> That's terrible. Uh, I had not seen a whole lot of slasher-type movies before this, but I knew enough to know that this movie was a fresh take. It had what is now known as meta-knowledge. The characters seemed to know about slashers and stuff, 
like that. Randy told us about the horror rules, and it did fun poking fun at the horror genre. Uh, the one thing I did not see coming was the team-up at the end with Billy and Stu. Uh, I don't think anybody did, honestly. Uh, every once in a while, the movie industry gets a needed shot in the arm. Saw was a horror kick. Scream was one as well. Jason Bourne changed how we see action films for a while. I can just not I can just not wait for the next shot to come. What movie or genre will it be? Just a quick few words for the STL Nation. So, cool. Uh, man, I don't know, man. As far as to get to change horror, get rid of the torture porn, bring back the suspense. That's kind of what I think needs to be done. But we we've kind of discussed that uh, full length. So, I agree. All right, uh, our next one comes from Anthony the Epic Miller. Here we go, sir. Hello right. there, Masunis, and if I'm correct, Jameson. Want to say thanks for uploading so many episodes over the weekend. I might have to do what being unable to do so earlier. Uh, it might have to do with being unable to do so earlier, but I'm not going to complain. Well, except that I have even more stuff to hear over the week. Uh, when it comes to Scream, this is by far one of my favorite horror movie series. Not going to deny that before it, the horror genre was basically... Uh, he always he uses choice words for the word crap, sir. So All right. um, I think we'll we'll bypass this word and move on. I think uh, I've heard of that word. Yeah, with very little being actually good. I'll agree with uh, most people that making the characters more, quote-unquote, knowing of the cliche of genres helped to keep things to becoming much, uh, repetitive, but on occasions falling into those scenarios. One example is when Sydney is running up the stairs to get away from the killer minutes after complaining about such a thing, uh, which in her defense, the front door was blocked or it was locked, so she couldn't go out the front door. Uh, how it started was another reason I came to enjoy it as it hadn't seen any movie before where a big star was killed off basically at the start as you'd expect them to survive. Uh, helped to show that no uh, one truly safe and couldn't be killed at any time. Um, how real uh, yeah helped to show that no one truly is safe and that they could be killed off at any time. How real the whole situation was is likely a reason why it's still high highly remark yeah i I cannot talk today folks i'm sorry how it's still highly remembered by fans all right the whole whodunit aspect was a good addition as it continually made you wonder who the killer was they uh then when they revealed who it was uh did it in such a way that i believe many didn't expect it to happen it's almost like they tried to do it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't know anybody who who figured out there was two killers. I honestly don't. No, that's what made it so awesome. Yeah, I've talked to tons of people about this, and everybody. Anyone says, who says they knew, like, yeah, I knew, you're a liar. Exactly. Just another way to make the movie its own than simply rehashing things. This was definitely a great start to the Scream series. I'll rate it 4.5 out of 5. A nearly perfect movie. There are small things here and there that keep it from getting a 5. Highly recommend watching this movie and the series in general. That's for my email. And so until next time, see Anthony Epic emailer. And and with all my complaints with the Halloween crap, that actually doesn't lower my score. Mm -hmm. So I just want to put that out there. And our final email, sir, comes from Time Traveling. Peter, you got it in the nick of time. Here we go. As always. All right. Greetings, Masunis, Jameson, and STL Nation. Hopefully this email was found okay because two of my previous have been uh, buried under all this spam stuff Mike gets. He's just joking here, which is true. There's a whole bunch of emails that come in, and all of a sudden, I'll, he's like, dude, you didn't read my Blade 2 email. I'm like, dude, I'm sorry. I'll read it on screen. Yeah, I remember that used to happen to a listener of mine. Uh-oh. Who is that? Is that me? No. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> like, wait a minute. I was like, well, jerk. Did you lose my emails? Uh, anywho, I love me some Scream. Hands down, my favorite 90s horror franchise, directed by Mr. Horror himself, Wes Craven. He brought us a little movie some of you might have heard called Nightmare on Elm Street. I mean, oh, Nightmare on Sesame Street. I mean Elm Street. And speaking of, I wonder if that's why Skeet Aldrich was in here. Kind of resembles a little Johnny Depp. It's true. Let's talk about that 12-minute opening with Drew Barrymore. Uh, has another movie opened up so crazy and intense? As we've said, no. Yeah. Uh, I love her in this little bit, and I think uh, it was her last serious acting before moving on to rom-coms. Nev Campbell was fine. I didn't really care for her in Party of Five, and to be honest, kind of reminds you a little bit of Kristen Stewart now. Yeah, there you go. That's a good, good yeah. analogy. Very good. Uh, most of the acting was mediocre, but that's what's expected in horror movies. I think Matthew Lillard stole this movie at the end with the big reveal, and his lines were hilarious when he was on the phone with Sydney, and he asked if she's really going to call the cops and was freaking out that his parents were going to find out. Another funny scene was when Randy, played by Jamie Kennedy, was watching Halloween by himself, and then he was shouting at Jamie Lee Curtis to turn around. Hilarious. He shouted out exactly what we were thinking. I'm not going to go too much into my opinion because I know the two of you will have done a great job of reviewing it by now. But I love this movie Keep it uh, because it keeps you guessing. It's intense, and they don't pull back on the kills. Overall, I give it 4.5 out of 5. Dude, that's what everybody – we all – first time ever that the nation has agreed on the same score, sir. Big group hug, guys. Awesome. Couldn't have uh, Could have been higher. If not for Courtney Cox acting, that's when she was only uh, was when she was only who didn't win an Emmy on Friends. Yeah. So until then, until next time, Peter the Time Traveler. So I guess I'll have to check what. Wait, what did Nathan give it? Did he give it 4.5 or did he give it less? He didn't give a rating. So yeah, we're gonna we'll call 4.5. Good job. Good job, guys. Awesome. So that is it for our emails. Good times. So uh, should we uh, should we roll in the music spotlight, sir? No. What? <laughs> just you always ask me how many times I just wanted to say no. Well, you did. Do you feel good? You feel happy feel, with yourself? I'm pretty content with myself, yeah. You just ruined the flow of the show, sir. I'm a big man. What are you gonna do? <laughs> it's true. <laughs> all right. Let's do it. Let's, let's get into it. Alright, let's do it. Here comes the ready and now. All right, sir. So since October 1st, which was uh, late when I recorded Blade 2 of Trinity, I'm on this uh, Halloween theme basis. So you'll have to hear the music spotlight. In. Oh, that's the connection. I yeah. get it. So you'll have to hear the two songs I've picked uh, so far. It's been fun. A lot of people have dug it. And uh, for this one, I got a real creepy one, dude. Oh, Monster Mash. Please be Monster Mash. Oh, man. This song, I kid you not. Every time I hear it, I feel like when it's over with and I go outside, I'm going to die. It's one of those tunes. It's uh, from Uncle Cracker, Aces and Eights. Have you ever heard this song, dude? I don't know. I just love that we got an Uncle Cracker song going. It's true. I, I love me some Uncle Cracker. I'm going to call up Peter and see if I can get in his time machine to go find an Uncle Cracker CD. <laughs> <laughs> oh man uncle cracker's good times you know when his first song follow me came out i uh -huh. had no idea that was about cheating i was like this is a nice beautiful song and my wife's like 
did you not listen to the lyrics? I was like, you jerk. And she's, I'm like, what are you talking about? She goes, listen to verse one and verse two. I'm like, okay. And I went back and listened. I was like, oh. You're like, this guy really gets me. <laughs> this, <laughs> this is a great song. Mike, we got to talk. Oh, man. It's, it's a good song, but, you know, <laughs> just don't go out there and cheat people. But anyways, this song is off his second album. And it's called Aces and Eights, as in the card game. And it's got this real creepy vibe to it and it's about how aces and eights are a dead man's hand that's right and you got this guy in the background who says it's a dead man's hand it's real creepy it's real awesome and when i listen to it i freak out when i leave work because i'm like oh man am i gonna die today so it's amazing it fits for the halloween theme because that's what i'm doing i'm picking you know halloween theme songs you know scary whatever it's all part of halloween fest so this tune is amazing uncle cracker aces and eights check it out and I guarantee you're going to love it. It's awesome. So. Mike, did you know that Aces and Eights are the dead man's hand? Is that what this song is about? That's right. It's a song about Wild Bill Hickok. <laughs> his dead man's hand. Oh, man. Good times, sir. You always got to ruin things, man. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's all good in the hood. As, as as the guys over at Film and Focus told me yesterday, I can never be serious. You were on Film and Focus yesterday? No, I was posting on their page, and I was a big jerk. Oh, they're asking for people to submit questions to their uh, extra special episode they're recording, and my question was, "How are babies made?" <laughs> <laughs> they didn't appreciate that. Yeah, can we talk about your elbow dropping people on your Facebook friend list? And I was not. Uh, it's one? not an elbow drop. It's a bionic elbow. Okay, so what's up with this, sir? Tell the story. I, we, I don't know. We got we got twenty minutes left before we gotta go. <laughs> let's do a twenty minute story about me doing a Dusty Rhodes bionic elbow on somebody. Yeah, let's talk, sir. I don't know. I was just I was home alone and left to my own devices, and for some reason my Facebook page wasn't working. I couldn't see anybody on my on my newsfeed was blank. I started to get angry because then people like Jason were saying that I didn't have any friends. <laughs> the <laughs> internet told you I had no friends. I remember that post. <laughs> Wicked burn. I'm like, that's it. That's good times. Uh, somebody's going to get a bionic elbow before this night is over. Uh, speaking of which, sir, since you're the podcasting slut, when are you going on Flicks again? Uh, whenever Mr. Spencer gets a hold of me and wants me to come on. That was literally hours of notice. Uh, you any any clue what you're doing next? when with what with who with jason man oh i don't know i have no idea oh okay i thought he gave me an inside scoop or something because I, I know it i know what he's doing next but i don't know what i don't know i don't know i, I get my invite like three o'clock in the afternoon hey you want to record tonight oh what are we doing what movie <laughs> it just i just liked it and like yeah i like that movie like good you're on excellent good times yeah i so, like it that way. yeah it's fun dude i am so pumped up for ccp because i'm gonna be awake and I know Jason's going to be awake and you're going to be awake. And we are going to just. <laughs> That's going to be an awesome episode. Dude, we're we're going to murder it. Man. Dude, we're going to be awake. It's going to be awesome. And I'm just waiting for your backhanded comments. Look at me. I got a job. <laughs> <laughs> what a big shot. Oh, man. It's mm-hmm. going to be awesome. So remember, folks, to write in uh, for the next episode, which is Child's Play. That's going to be next week. Uh, so make sure you write in to sweepdelaypodcastyahoo.com or stlpodcast at gmail.com. And then uh, if you want to catch me, Jameson, and Jason on the next CCP, we'll be recording that uh, in two Saturdays from now. So make sure you get your emails in. And that's, for those of you who don't know, even though every listener of CCP is STL listeners, but it's uh, the list of your 
shows that got canceled too soon. So what was if it? You wanna, if you want to be on that episode, show up to my house that Saturday morning with some coffee and you can join in with me. Dude, with this crowd, I wouldn't give that. Uh... <laughs> There's a knock at the door. Charlie's hey. at the door with oh. coffee. Let's do this. Oh, oh man. <laughs> Charlie last night. Jason's on flicks. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I love it. What a crowd, man. We got, we got a great audience. <laughs> it's true, man. It's a good time. So, uh, but yeah, man, it's it's cool. Hopefully, uh, in Novemberish, man, we'll we'll get together and we'll do some Indiana Jones and. Uh, oh, I guarantee we're gonna do some. Yeah, man, I'm excited to get to number two, man. It'll be fun, dude. And uh, but yeah, the rest of uh, next week is uh, Child's Play, and then at this point, American Werewolf in London is winning, and then Puppet Master. So if those two win the vote, we'll oh, do we'll do. We'll do Puppet Master first because I want to end on American Werewolf in London because I started with the werewolf movie and I want to end on a werewolf movie. Good movies, man. I haven't seen Puppet Master in eons. I've never seen it. So, really? Yeah, that's the whole reason why I was on the list because Excellent. it was to pick movies that I had never seen before or it's been so long like Christine. So yeah. the whole point, oh, was, yeah. the whole theme of this, if you don't know, is movies that still scare or slash freak me out today. So it was Scream, it was Child's Play, it was Silver Bullet. And then I wanted the nation to pick two movies that freaked them out and possibly pick movies I've never seen. So like Stephen King's It, i never seen that. So You've that, never seen that? Really? No, that that was winning. But then people, once American Werewolf in London got added, yeah. that got all the votes. That's much better. Yeah, and I haven't seen that in forever. So I just watched, I just watched Carrie yesterday morning. Yeah, yesterday morning before work, I watched... Carrie, in preparation for the for the new one coming out, which I'm really excited for. Yeah, so I'm and I, I watched it and it felt like outside of the kind of the big well known prom scene, which I for some reason thought took place a lot later in the movie than it did. I felt like I'd never seen that movie before. It had been that long since I watched. I'm watching, going, what the heck's going on? Wow! Like it was, it was great. It was fun rewatching it. Like it was like watching a new movie. It is. It is fun <laughs> when, when you find those gems that you're like, you remember liking, but you can't remember why, and there's nothing you can remember except one or two scenes. That's how I was with Rocky. Remember? Yeah. And, and then redoing the Rocky series, and I fell in love with it, and it was like I totally forgot how awesome these movies were. And I had given them a bad rap, like you did kind of with Scream, and then rewatching, you're like, wow. There's a lot of, especially horror movies for me, like you said, Christine and and like Cujo and oh. Carrie. A lot of these were when I was first getting into my first big horror kick, and, and I watched these movies when I was like 10, 11, 12 years old. And that was the last time I saw them, a lot of these. So like... Christine, that's when I hadn't even thought about it. Now I want to go watch that one too because it's probably been 25 years since I saw it. I watch that once a year, man. That's my second favorite John Carpenter movie is that one. So it's, it, it's amazing. And then have you ever seen The Gate with little Steven Dorff where he opens the gate to hell and they play the record backwards? And it, no. he has the gate. It's is an 80 came out in 86. Steven Dorff is the main actor. He's a little tiny kid. His best friend has glasses and he plays a record backwards and it opens the gates of hell in his backyard. That sounds terrifying. It's crazy movie. It's called The Gate. Very, hmm. It came out on DVD special edition like two years ago. It's it's awesome horror movie, man. It is good times. Uh, like the first power with Lou Diamond Phillips is creepy. Yeah. Uh, man, that that's another classic. Shocker, eh, it's all right. I rewatched it again. I'm like, this is kind of. Mm. 
that's kind of what I'm worried about, though, is a lot of these, like, a lot of these movies, unlike Scream, a lot of those movies are a lot better in my mind that I'm I'm afraid to rewatch them. Yeah. I'm afraid that they are not going to hold up. Christine still holds up. The special effects, dude, like, when Christine rebuilds herself, I'm just like, man, that looks awesome. Yeah, Christine holds up very well. It is, it's a timeless movie just like, like i have a feeling if i watch cujo that's not gonna hold up like it did in my mind i've only seen half of that movie i've never seen it all the way through i kind of felt that way with um uh pet cemetery and children of the corn watching them after such a long gap like oh these aren't as scary as i remember them these just aren't as effective as i remember them being yeah i did pet cemetery last year for yeah. the halloween fest and i don't remember the score just the still gauge getting hit by the truck and, and cut in the the achilles tendon is still the freakiest part of that movie <laughs> yeah by well. far but uh yeah man it's it's good times i'm looking forward to checking out some classics again um like the like some reason i like house on haunted hill it's a real terrible movie. And Is that it, the, the newer one? That's the one that opens. From the 90s? With, yeah, it opens with Marilyn Manson's Sweet yeah. Dreams, and it's got Tay Diggs in it. And yep. yeah, and it's got what's her name from uh, the X Men movies? Uh, Faye. Famke Giants? Yeah, yeah. Some re- they, the original title was The Last House on haunted hill yeah that's when he needs another last house movie yeah and then they changed those confused enough yeah and then they changed the title like the haunting with liam neeson i hated that movie it sucked yeah there was that was the time when it was like oh man they were just churning out like because it was right around the time after after the after scream and i know what you did and all that where it's like let's just put out horror movies and like Oh, there's good ones, but you don't have to just put anything out. Anymore, yeah, you know? like 13 Ghosts, amazing movie, dude. I love that. I love that movie. But you know what movie I didn't like? Dracula 2000. Yeah, that was terrible. <laughs> I thought that was like, oh, I'm so excited to see this. You know what movie we got to do next, sir? Uh, without doing um, Indiana Jones is Predator, man. Oh, I would love to. Hey, I'll talk Predator anytime. Just wake me up. I'll talk Predator. I rewatched that the other night, and I, I forgot how amazing that movie was, man. So good. Cause I, I got, agree. I got the two-disc set. I was like, we got to do Predator. And you're like, yeah, let's do it. And I, we keep forgetting to do it. But I was like, we got to do Predator sometime because I love that movie, man. It's so good. It's like you don't even know the kind of movie you're in. You know, you have the little beginning, and then all of a sudden – it's like two different movies. One's like a war movie, rescuing people, and then you're getting, then it's a horror movie. You know. That's the thing is, I man, I love the first part of that movie. I love Jesse Ventura in that movie so much. I ain't got time to bleed. <laughs> I just love him. He's so great. It is, it is. Then it turns into a sci-fi movie, but it's awesome. oh, great. Well, sir, it's been fun. I'm glad you uh, let me know that you were off tonight, man. I'm excited that uh, we got to do this. It's cool. And uh, definitely, man, it was just so much fun to have you back on, man. It's been a been a couple episodes, so indeed. Well, well, when you're doing six a week, it seems like a lot more between. Dude, after October, I'm taking a break, man. <laughs> I remember you saying that a couple months ago. Like, <laughs> oh, dude, I gotta take a break. Anyways, I'm putting up five episodes this week. Uh, dude, <laughs> my I'm like cra- I got this will be the fourth episode in one week, man. Crazy. Mike, we're gonna have to send you to an intervention. I'm gonna show you're gonna come home from work. I'm gonna be sitting in your living room. Me and Fonda, Mike, we have to talk. Dude, I'm we're a gonna, we're gonna send you a, to a really nice place. They'll they'll be really sweet to you there. I don't know who's the podcasting slut, you or me. Well, I get around. I don't I don't do as many as you. You do your own 
way more than I could. I just I get around. I you know, I don't faithful. You're faith. You're a faithful podcaster. Whereas me, you know, whatever any podcast will do. (laughs) (laughs) Any port in a storm. It's all good. (laughs) So yeah, man. When we get in the next movie mojo. Uh, we are recording next Monday. Excellent. What's the and topic? It is, a, it is another list show uh, and reviews. We'll be reviewing Don John and Gravity, but the uh, focus of it is our top ten movies that don't hold up. P- top ten movies that do not hold up over time. Oh my gosh! Dude. Movies that we used to love and just ooh, not so good. Masters of the Universe. <laughs> Add that to the list. Oh. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> I have, dude. It has been. Much like our last CCP podcast, it, this one has been tough paring down the list. Oh, it just I just kept adding more more titles like, oh, yeah, yeah, this one's not so good anymore either. Well, we know that the Rocky series, well, maybe Rocky 5, maybe you could throw it out there, but we know Scream and Rocky can pretty much be taken off that list. Yeah. That's good. You know, most of the movies we do, it's cool, you know. Yeah, I don't remember a movie that we've done that I've been like, oh, man, I used to love that. But that's not as good. I don't remember one. Yeah. Because I was actually going to text you when I was coming up with my list. Like, dude, I'm just going to text you out of the blue, not giving you any context. Like, hey, give me a list of movies that just don't hold up for you, just so I could see. Yeah. So having said that, you better email in to moviemojomonthly at gmail.com and send me your list. I actually I, I actually like – I still like Masters of the Universe. I still do. It's terrible. Mr. Strickland and everything, but oh, it's – yeah, it's bad, but it's a guilty pleasure for sure. Yeah. But I will, man. Dude, House Party 2, boom, number one. <laughs> there you go. I, I'll do my list. I'll do House Party 2, House Party 3, and then I'll just – I'll work from there. We'll do that, so – Love it. Maybe I'll have to change it up and not put House Party 1 since I just gave it away. So Nice job. Good job. All right, man. Well, uh, hopefully we'll get together soon. But next week will be Child's Play. So if, you know, hey, you're busy, then you better write in, sir. If you're not, come on. Be cool. So Will do. Good times. And uh, don't forget to write in. Facebook. Go on the STL Nation. We've been having lots of fun on there the past couple of days. Uh, we had a random talk about Chucky yesterday. It just turned into craziness it was ridiculous so it's a good time so always fun all right sir well that is it you guys enjoy the music spotlight and uh you guys have a good one take care and soon as out
gloves Getting all the numbers and getting all the love He didn't wear he was too hardcore May he rest in peace, we don't see him anymore Lots of stories and old cliches Small town girl trying to make her way She moved to the city, all she wanted was a job Now she's underneath the desk trying to move to the top It won't stop cause the circle won't let it Be careful what you wish for, you might get it You know the cat got Mac by the bees He was messing with the honey and the mouse and the cheese Die. Pieces and eights, pieces and eights, pieces and eights. 